Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the world of wine, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. I'm here with Andrea Nightingale again of Mortar Pestle Cooking, and we're going to continue our discussion of food and wine pairings by looking at sweet wine. And in the previous episode, we talked about complementing and contrasting, and how um, food can elevate and enhance wine. And this is really apparent in sweet wine, because even though I have a sweet tooth and I love sweet wine, sitting down with a glass of sweet wine is something I very rarely, if ever, do. It really needs food with it. So let's talk about what we compare with sweet wine. So I have one rule, and let's see if Andrea agrees with my one rule. So I'm very flexible with food and wine, but my one rule is that the wine has to be sweeter than the food. Do you agree, Andrea? I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and why is that? Um, Because if you have food that is sweeter than the wine, it makes the wine taste terrible and it makes the food taste terrible. That's my simple answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe you've had this experience. You're in a restaurant, you're having your red wine with your main meal, and then you order dessert and you still have your red wine and you you eat your, your sweet food and then drink your red wine. It's like, why is this wine gone from being really good to being really bad Mm -hmm. and it's because of the sweetness of the food so there's two um, ways of dealing with that one is you put your red wine to one side eat your sweet food have a glass of water and then go back to your wine and and enjoy it the other solution is to have a sweet wine with your sweet food so one pairing which is can cause some controversy is chocolate I love chocolate do you love chocolate Andrea I do love chocolate do you love chocolate with Cabernet Sauvignon I do not love chocolate with Cabernet Sauvignon. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going back to our one rule that the wine has to be sweeter than the food. Now, some of you may at home have red wine and chocolate. That's your guilty secret. That's fine. But what I don't understand is that wineries here in California actively promote chocolate and Cabernet Sauvignon pairings. And it's just like, why would you promote something which makes your wine taste worse? Mm -hmm. And so why does chocolate not work with Cabernet Sauvignon? I think that your, you know, cacao is a very bitter. Chocolate is very bitter, and um, wine, especially a Cabernet Sauvignon or, or a bigger red wine like that, is also bitter. It has these bitter elements to it. Two bitters does not cancel and make something not bitter. Two bitters make something more bitter. And I think there's an element with chocolate as well that is very brittle and dry. And you also get that from your tannins, from your wine. So if you're putting those two things together, there's not a balance. There's there's nothing um, to create an opposite harmony with that. So I think when maybe in the other episode we were talking a little bit about contrasting versus um, complementing. Complementing. Thank you. <laughs> and this this is a situation when a contrasting character would be more beneficial. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Um... What are your favorite types of chocolate? Well, I love dark dark chocolate, and I do not love any other kind of chocolate. (laughs) So what other types of chocolate are there besides dark chocolate? Well, there is milk chocolate, and then there is white chocolate, which is a liar because it's not a chocolate. It's just made of um, cocoa butter, so a 
you know, a byproduct of the cacao plant, I suppose. But, you know, if you want chocolate, I don't think white chocolate's going to cut it. So you can see we're very fussy with our chocolate, (laughs) the types of chocolate we're eating and what we're drinking it with. So what should we drink chocolate with? I think if we're going to eat chocolate, you know, and we want to have some kind of wine element, then I think, you know, a sweet wine or fortified wine would be Mm -hmm. appropriate. Yeah, definitely. And of course, it all depends on the chocolate dish. It could be just chocolate on its own or it's part of a a broader dessert. Mm -hmm. It could be a really rich dish or something a bit lighter. So obviously, we have to take that into um, consideration. Certainly, uh, port is the obvious example. Mm -hmm. And for those people who love Cabernet Sauvignon, port is the perfect alternative because it has that tannic structure like Cabernet Mm -hmm. Sauvignon. It's full-bodied and rich, but it is sweet. Mm -hmm. So the sweetness is going to go with the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, another alternative would be sweet sherry, mm-hmm. uh, particularly PX. Mm-hmm. If you're really into decadence and hedonism, and if you're eating chocolate, then I think you should be. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really, really sweet and rich and just really add to the lushness of the chocolate. Yeah, I would definitely go fortified and sweet for mm-hmm. chocolate. And beer, like a an oatmeal stout, but this isn't, we're not talking about that. Yes, there's a lot of, t- <laughs> there's a lot of tangents we could go off here. Um, <laughs> Dark rum would be another yeah. alternative, <laughs> which we're really going for decadence. And then, I think interestingly as well, I was thinking about this before, flavoured vodka mm. could go well with chocolate, especially a, a flavoured chocolate. So vodka's neutral, but then you have, if it's a really good vodka and you have fresh oranges flavouring mm. the vodka, that could really go with an orange uh, mm. flavoured chocolate. Mm. So there's definitely lots of options to pair with chocolate. So why do Cabernet Sauvignon when you have so many other options? For those of you who don't live in California, you're probably thinking, why are they so obsessed about this <laughs> chocolate cabernet pairing? But a lot of wineries do it here, and it annoys us. <laughs> Andrea and I are working together on a dining series called Ground Up. Woo! And this is a series which is inspired by great regions of the world, and we pair wines and food together. And so we have an upcoming event. When is that, Andrea? That is July 14th, Bastille Day. And this is going to be a celebration of all things French, especially food and wine. It's going to be held in Sonoma, California, at Chateau Sonoma, which is a French antique store, which is, like us, is inspired by all things French. And so for this meal, we're going to be pairing wines from Champagne, Alsace, Burgundy, Provence, Sauterne, and a fortified wine from Roussillon. And this is all going to be paired with some amazing food that Andrea has prepared. And delicious wines that Matthew has chosen. And so just go to Chateau Sonoma's website. It's online, easy to find. You'll see the menu and you'll see how to buy tickets. So but that gives you an idea of um, pairing sweet wine with sweet food, that the wine has to be sweeter than the food, but you're really thinking about the structural elements of the the wine and the food so that they don't um, hurt each other, Mm -hmm. as it were. And one other thing with sweet wine is that it's always going to have high acidity. At Mm -hmm. least a high quality sweet wine is Mm -hmm. going to, because that makes the wine fresh. Otherwise it becomes cloying. Thinking about something like white Zinfandel, which has about 30 grams per liter of residual sugar, it feels really cloying because the acidity is low. Compare that with Sauterne, which might have 120 grams per litre of residual sugar, and yet it feels so fresh mm. because the acidity is high. And that acidity, is a, we talked about this in the previous episode, is an important structural element of the wine when pairing with food. And this means that sweet wine doesn't necessarily have to go with sweet food because it has the acidity to go with other foods. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about one of the greatest foods in the world, cheese. Woo! <laughs> and cheese is amazing. 
There are so many different types of cheese. We could probably have a whole podcast series on cheese. Maybe there is one out there. Um, and that means cheese will go with lots of different wines because there's so many different types of cheese. So let's talk about a softer style of cheese. What's your favorite softer cheese? I have several, mm-hmm. but to, to limit our time today, um, and, and specifically with a sweet wine, I, um, I love a blue vein cheese. It makes me weak in the knees. I don't, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, something like Forme d'Ambert is, has this like nutty creaminess to it. It has this little bit of funk. There's the saltiness to it. And when you pair that with like a Sauternes, it's just really quite heavenly. And so where does that heavenly element come from? Um, from heaven. No. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> um, I think you have this, um, you know, you have this wine that has a considerable amount of, of sweetness to it and the acidity that you were speaking about. Um, salt is a very nice counterbalance to the sweetness. Anytime you have something that's too sweet and you want to balance it, you can add salt and acid to that and it will help really mellow it out. So if you're introducing that salt element, the acid is already in the wine, and you're introducing the salt element with the cheese, um, you can create a completely harmonious bite. What about something like Stilton? Because mm-hmm. we want to talk about English cheeses, not just I'm French. I'm sorry, <laughs> yes. Shame on me. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you like Stilton? You know, to be honest, I haven't eaten a lot of Stilton in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like it. I do like it a lot. Um, and it does have that nice bridge between um, a harder cheese and that's and that like blue vein sort of softer element mm. to it. Well, that's interesting because the classic pairing is with port. Mm. So maybe that harder element of Stilton is going with the tannins of port as well as mm. the sweetness. It what is. other types of soft cheese do you like? Um, I'm a sucker for a triple cream. Mm-hmm. They're very luxurious and you know you can just lose yourself in them and I like that. They're almost butter which is why they're so delicious if you like butter, um, <laughs> which I do. And what would you pair with that? You know, I think like a, a not a late harvest, but a, a sweet wine that still that had a considerable acidity mm-hmm. on it, still with that sweetness. But then again, a, a, a sweet wine that maybe had more of a tannic structure, like I think maybe with a port, it might be interesting as well because there's so much fat and lushness. A triple creams from the Loire Valley. I think they're from a lot of different, okay. there are different ones. Um, there are some that are from outside of um, Burgundy, like around Lyon. I don't have all of my French cheeses memorized. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking <laughs> um, uh, Sweet Chenin Blanc from the Loire Valley would be oh. a, a good uh, pairing because of the really high acidity mm-hmm. and the richness coming from the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, the Loire Valley makes amazing food as well as amazing cheese. Mm-hmm. And this... Talking also about regional pairings, if you go to France, Italy, Spain, Germany, Austria, there's some very natural wine and food pairings. Mm-hmm. What is made locally goes with the local wine. You know, another soft cheese actually that I think would be really delicious with a wine like Sauternes would be, um, it's from Italy, it's called La Tour, and it's um, goat, sheep, and cow's milk cheeses. Um, it has this like salty funk on it that I find like with any cheeses that kind of have a little bit of funk to them, they're really, really nice with a sweet wine because there's something about the sugar and that that really tempers that element that can often be off-putting to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens on a chemical level and why that, why that exists. 
Yeah, what we're talking about is actually two um, styles of food and wine which can be difficult for people. So a soft blue cheese, it's stinky, it's funky. People are off, put off by that, and mm-hmm. that's understandable. Mm-hmm. And likewise with sweet wine, it's like, oh, there's way too much sugar in this. But you put the two together, and all of a sudden these um, off-putting elements are really delicious and in balance and in harmony. And that's what food and wine coming together should be doing, mm-hmm. making both really approachable rather than difficult mm-hmm. in those circumstances. And mentioning that Italian cheese, I'm immediately thinking of Recciato um, de Suave, mm-hmm. a sweet wine that's made from late harvest grapes, mm-hmm. which, um, again, can be a little bit weird for some people, but mm-hmm. pair it with that cheese, and I think you've got that heavenly element, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. So what about a harder style of cheese? You know, I, I love the aged, um, like the Beamster aged Howda, Gouda. I was told it was Howda, but then I always say Gouda. But I always say Gouda, but we'll go with... We'll, you know we'll, what? Hopefully people know what we're talking about. They're both Gouda with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like aged hard cheeses that, have, that are pretty salty and they're often very brittle and dry and they'll sort of crumble away. There's this viscosity and this lusciousness with the sweet wine that really balances that dry brittleness of those aged hard cheeses. And I think that that is really important from a textural standpoint. When you have some of those cheeses just on their own, or if you were to have them with a more tannic wine like a Cabernet, your mouth would feel it would be like chalky and and texturally just very dry, which I don't think is very enjoyable. But you know, when paired with the sweet with a dessert wine, it's it's quite a different experience. Yeah, so the sweetness is giving a kind of juiciness to the cheese and mm-hmm. a richness and a creaminess and mm-hmm. uh, but offsetting that that drying sensation. Yes. Yeah. And again, those cheeses, because they've been aging for so long, all of their the majority of their moisture has evaporated, which is why they're dry, but also why they're very salty. And that salt component is very important, I think, again, when considering pairing a cheese with a wine and why you would look to a dessert wine for that for that pairing. Mm-hmm. So I think the key word that Andrea has been using in this episode is salt. Mm-hmm. And balancing the saltiness of cheese and the sweetness can do that. Of course, it can work with dry wine as well, where the tannic structure can balance the saltiness. And also just thinking about hard cheese, my favorite hard cheese is Manchego, Mm. which can be aged for a long time. And Sherry is my favorite Mm. wine, and there's a great pairings. And you can do that all the way from a dry Fino with Manchego, but you could also get uh, a richer, sweeter style of Oloroso, for instance, which just makes the cheese less dry and and makes it richer and juicier. Mm. So it's lots of different options. So the cheese is gonna be dry even though we're talking about sweet wine and sweet wine makers will tell you that sweet wine can be drunk all the way through the meal from the beginning to the end and that calling sweet wine dessert wine is wrong because it's not just for dessert so that cheese emphasizes that although it's traditional to have cheese towards the end of the meal but you can have it at the beginning as well mm-hmm. and you can certainly have sweeter wines at the beginning of a meal which is where foie gras comes in so andrea what is foie gras Foie gras is the liver of um, a goose or duck that has been fattened over um, a period of time. And, um, and then it's cured and it, is, um, it can be prepared into different, um, different things. It can go into a terrine where it often has like almost a kind of cognac bath with different, like different spices and, and salt and, it, and it's just like so luxurious or you could make like a torsion out of it you can put it into different kinds of shapes 
Um, you could take the entire lobe and you can score it and sear it in a pan. Um, and it is unctuous and earthy. There, Yeah, there are a lot of different things you can do with it. We've mentioned the word unctuous there. I did. Which is perhaps a clue as to why we would pair foie gras with sweet wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is a sweet wine like Sauterne doing to foie gras? I think you have the, you know, we've been talking all throughout this um, this episode about balance and I think complementing and contrasting flavors and you have this um, something that's so rich that you really want to give it something that's going to balance that out and so again looking to a wine that has the sweetness and this acidity uh, if you paired foie gras with just a, a high acid wine I mean I think with 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 a like a champagne or with a, a sparkling wine you could get away with it but if it was a flat wine you would still be wanting for something. You really need the viscosity and the lusciousness of that sweet wine, of the sweet wine to to match the lusciousness of the foie. Yeah, and even with sparkling wine, there's likely to be some residual sugar there, mm. which can, can mm-hmm. help that help mm-hmm. that pairing. You also mentioned uh, to me when we were preparing this episode oysters, which was something I hadn't considered mm-hmm. to pair with sweet wine. I usually think of um, vino or manzanilla sherry, champagne, Chablis with oysters. Why did you mention uh, sweet wine for oysters? Well, I think again, we're, you know, we think about sweet wine as not having any acidity. And that's, of course, not true in the in the better quality options. And so there's this acidity and, and also this unctuousness with like an oyster that, um, you know, can be surprising when you when you balance them together. Yeah, and oysters do have rich flavors. They quite do. Intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the sweet wines bring something to the table in a similar way as a high acid wine, which is that they can allow delicate flavors to really shine through. They're not so overpowering on the palate. And, and of course, an oyster often comes with a mignonette or some kind of like vinegar or, or um, some kind of high acid sauce on it. So again, between those two things, um, those components being paired with a, a sweet wine, you again find balance on the palate. Yes, yeah, so, and it comes back to what we've been talking about throughout these two episodes, um, the structure of the wine. So thinking about the acidity is always key and how that either pairs with the food or actually cuts through some of the elements of the food. And also, in this instance, the sweetness of the wine and how that can add to the flavours of the food or balance them as well. And so we can't forget that a sweet wine has high acidity. So you're not just pairing the sweet sweetness with the food, you're also pairing the acidity with the food as well, and going either for complement or contrast, and the end result should be balanced. So thank you, Andrea. Fascinating insights into sweet wine and all the different types of food that you can pair with sweet wine, both desserts and uh, dry wine and dry food. Well, it's been a lot of fun and a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you.